I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, the place where working class bowhunters come to listen to podcasts. You like that? <laughs> See what I did? How'd you figure that one out? I just Damn. thought it was clever, you know? <laughs> uh, no, thanks for tuning in. Man, it is uh, it's getting cold out, finally. Finally. Feels good. I don't know. That's good or bad for everybody out there still chasing deer with it's good, right? unfilled tags. I think it's good. Great. Gets uh, deer doing a little more predictable type of things. Yep, out feeding earlier. Yeah, yep. We'll get into some of that here. Um, quickly, just get to the business real fast for you um, because, you know, when Clint Casper is coming on, you got to you gotta move quick and loud and scream and be super energetic. Uh, the podcast is presented by HHA Sports. Uh, also brought to you by Scent Crusher, Thermoseat, Victory Archery, Gator Outdoors, Big Time, and Old Barn Taxidermy. So super thankful for our partners there. Uh, da, da, da. The Old Barn giveaway is still going on. If you kill a deer, season's still open. Take it to Old Barn, get a shoulder mount done, say you're a working class listener. They enter you into a special drawing with other working class listeners who brought right. critters in for a free mount next year. So check that out. Uh, for HHA, code WCB15. Pretty freaking cool there. We have thermos seats in our store. Yep. Uh, the traditionals. And for Gator Outdoors, uh, you can get all your lifestyle merch there. WCB10 is the code for Gator. Um, so check that out. And that's all we got for now. I'm trying, to think of, I'm trying to think of any other updates we had just on our side, but I don't know if we do. Not really. Uh, we have a Patreon. Um, support us there if you want. If, if not, that's cool, too. So uh, you can find that in the episode description. You're and cool either way. You're cool either way. It's It's fine. It's fine. We're uh, fine. We're fine. <laughs> no, um, you're not. <laughs> how you fellas doing? Good. Good. Unfilled tags. Yep. <clears throat> Come Still, on, guys. Yeah. Well, hopefully that changes soon. I'm surprised. I'll be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed in myself. But here we are. Here we are. It yeah. is what it is. Right. And we're not hunting right now, so. Yeah, you can't because right now the time of recording, it's shotgun season in Iowa. Which yep. is nice. Get a little break. I thought you were going to chase after it, though, or muzzleloader. Muzzleloader. Is that separate? Starting you, uh, Monday. You can't use a muzzleloader during shotgun season? You can't use your muzzleloader tag. You can use a muzzleloader oh, for gotcha. shotgun season. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. We always pull late muzzleloader tags. 
Oh, so okay. now like Monday, uh, late muzzleloader and archery opens back up. So you can hunt archery. You got to wear blaze orange, I'm sure. Yep. And, and that's a week straight. Three weeks. Three weeks straight to, go to January 10th. Yep. No, no kidding. Then we're done. 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 Absolutely done. 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 Yep. No shit. I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Well, fuck. I mean, you guys got. You guys can do this. Cold is good then. Oh yeah. yeah. Like things yeah. start to get predictable. Yep. You guys got anything eyeballing? Like, how you feeling? About, are you guys going to get out the muzzle loader? You're going to stick with archery equipment? I'm busting out the muzzle loader. Are you? Yeah. Wow. Bold. See if I can pop one quick and then bring out the bow. Because you can shoot. You still you can kill a buck with the muzzle loader. And yeah, kill use a buck my muzzle loader yes. tag and then get yep. my bow. Oh, use nice. the bow tag. Cool. So same That's thing. how we can get our two bucks. Gotcha. We just gotcha. can't kill two bucks uh, with a bow. Okay. That doesn't make sense to me, but it does. <laughs> it does. The, the logic doesn't make sense, but I get the law right yeah, right <laughs> that makes sense it's the law interesting and well good luck fellas yeah i mean dude muzzleloaders are cool yeah. i like i like them i used to be really really into them and i kind of fell out of it but it's something i i would like to get like back into like muzzleloader stuff it's, it's just interesting it's kind of like the archery of guns it is for sure that you makes only sense? get one like shot the old school then, way yeah yeah but then it's like is this something cool when you shoot it and this is a I'm sure Shine, a lot of pump smoke. smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's neat. You don't know what the hell happened. It's fun too. You just feel like uh, I don't know. It's hard, like, hard to explain the feeling, but yeah, I like muzzleloader. I've never killed deer with a shotgun ever. Only a muzzleloader. Oh really? Like for fire firearms, I killed that one mule deer with a rifle, but yeah. that was other than that, it's all yeah. muzzleloader. CVA Optima I had growing up, and then my dad bought a Thompson Center Triumph, and I killed a lot of deer with both of those guns. Actually, I, this one, mine's a CVA. Is it? Acura, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I like I them. love the gun. Dude, the Acuras are badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like them. My, my, mine's an old school Optima. It's heavier than fuck. It's crazy how cheap they are, too. Like the actual, actual uh, muzzleloader. I haven't even looked. I wouldn't even be able to tell you how much. I mean, I bought mine, fuck, it's been I know that seven, CV- eight years ago. Well, I know that Thompson Center for a muzzleloader was cashy. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, for- back in the day, they're really... Uh- yeah. Well, I don't know. In it's comparison like to the CVA, it was cashy. Yeah. I don't know how much. I think I spent was. like twice as much on the DM scope than I did the actual <laughs> gun. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get a loophole set up on that. Yep. I'm not, well, I never shoot it though. It's like my dad's and my buddy Tyler borrowed it for a little bit and stuff like that. But hey, you got a veteran shout out? I do. This was sent in by Ben Polly, and uh, the veteran is Justin McMahon. He's in the army. It says uh, Justin was arms honorably discharged as an army sergeant. In 2015, after a tour in Afghanistan and serving four years in the one to seven, I don't know how you, I don't want to pronounce this wrong, but uh, the 117th Infantry Regiment, he he and I have been best friends and hunting partners for 15 years. He is the only person I know that's more excited when you get a deer than if he did. So he's the first call I make after the shot. He he had one hell of a two. 2020 season by shooting a stud in Ohio and taking out in Michigan's gun opener, shooting two nice bucks 10 minutes apart. Damn. I turned him on to the Working Class podcast earlier this year, and he's been a diehard listener ever since. Hell yeah. Very cool. He's now a blue-collar guy as a CNC operator. Dope. So thank you for your service, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Congrats on your season. Ohio's got all the big deer. Yeah, way to kill it. Ohio! <laughs> are we just picking up and moving to Ohio? People are getting mad at Ohio. Or uh-huh. mad at us for talking about Ohio. They are. Cool, man. Thanks for your service. Thanks for submitting the veteran shout-out. We have those through workingclassbowhunter.com, the contact tab. You can submit your own veteran shout-out. Yeah, and go ahead. Straight to Doug's email. It comes to me, and I read them. And he reads them. Um, I was going to – let's get Clint on and start shooting the shit here. Huh? Let's yeah. have him yell at us. Yeah, let's get yelled at. Of Clint, yeah, from a guy from Ohio is going to yell at us. <laughs> what else is new this week? <laughs> 
All right, let's get him on. All right, full fucking speed ahead. Clint Casper's on the podcast. What's up, dude? What's up? Just out here waiting on you to get your shit together, man. But we're glad we're glad you're Jesus. finally here. It's it's my first time. I'm nervous. I don't really know how this works. I don't need everyone, you know, yelling and screaming at me like I don't want to have stage fright. First time, just everyone work with me. Yeah, you're not a big talker either, are you? I I mean, you can pull a few words out of me, but you're probably not going to be able to pull exactly what you want, but I'll try my best to come out of my shell. Okay, well, just <laughs> let you know, like, a podcast is like an internet radio show, so it's like the radio, but it's on the internet. Am I allowed to have my hands in my pants? Yep, you can do that. You can drink beer, and you can say the F word if you want, but it just makes people 45 that work in white-collar offices makes them kind of <laughs> upset, but uh, everybody well, else is well, cool with it. Listen here, fuckers. Listen to this. Hold on. Wait for it. Ah. Oh, he's drinking a beer. I think good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? You had a killer, a killer season, brother. We talked about it a little bit on some previous podcasts, but you just recently went out to Utah, and you've been you're always getting after it somewhere. Yeah, no, thanks, man. Yeah, what's what's the saying? A uh, blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. This this was my year, I think, or the last two years have been pretty solid for me. So yeah, I mean, I'm just riding uh riding the wave, I guess. Yeah, I mean, let's re- for people who haven't listened or don't know who you are, uh, frequent <laughs> guests. I've well, we have new listeners, you know. Yeah, true. Um, you killed a killer elk in Utah over the counter tag, and a kill a whitetail like fuck one of your first days out, right? You just had it all set up in Ohio. Um, that we did a whole podcast about that. I think that might be one of the top down downloaded podcasts of the year. Um, wow, wow, that's awesome, man! Killing it. And then at, since then, you've gone to Utah and got more shit done. So good to have you back. Finally, it's, we're getting busy and you're busy, so it's hard to make shit work sometimes. We miss you, dude. I miss you guys too. Yeah, we, we gotta we gotta get uh, get better about getting schedules together and and whatnot. I need to just start flying out. I mean, once WCB gets their own private jet, I can just you know you can come out, pick me up, I go back, and in four hours we podcast. I go back home. Yeah, we're, we have, we have it on order. It's getting built right now. We're waiting yeah. waiting on one investor to finalize. I'm that getting too. my pilot's license right now, so we're good. It, it, I mean, I really hope that one investor isn't Bush Light, because if Bush Light's dragging their feet on that, I'm going to be fucking mad. It's big time, actually, because they got a guy that works wow. for them that's a pilot. So. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to sleepy fucking Joe. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Way to, way to be that guy. Yeah, way Bush Light wouldn't even sponsor us, let alone give us a plane. Yeah, Bush Light's too worried about sponsoring Instagram chicks and yeah, dudes who barely kill shit on the out. internet right now. This is true. This is true. So, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. We're about to drink a Coors Light or whatever. Uh, easy, easy, easy. Jesus. What did uh, Brock Lesnar? Remember, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm about to go home and drink a Coors Light because Bud Light won't pay me anything. And maybe <laughs> I'll get on top of my wife. It's like, gee whiz, man. <laughs> Somebody sponsor this guy. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Write that guy a check. Um, I love it. But anyway, man, tell us about Utah. I mean. We have a, there's a we're gonna get to some late season whitetail stuff and some listener questions hopefully if we have time um, yeah I'm sure we'll cover a lot of listener questions within these stories and some of our conversation but yep. um, let's not let that hold back so to, Utah man you've been you've been a frequent visitor yeah dude I I love the system there I mean um, yeah Utah's got a lot to offer guy there's a lot of uh, over the counter stuff there's a lot of easy to draw tags. Um, you know, I've, I've got some, some of my best friends, lifelong friends live in Utah. So it's, it's a convenient state for me to hunt for multiple reasons. I mean, I love the state to begin with. I got a lot of good buddies. I, I love to share camp with. I mean, anyone that follows me or kind of knows my gig. I mean, I love the solo stuff, 
but uh you know hunting with good buddies and being able to share moments on the mountain with you know some of your best friends i mean man it's, it's hard to beat that so utah is one of those states i'm gonna hunt at least a hunt or two every year off of um whether i'm solo and meet up with some buddies periodically or i'm gonna hunt the whole hunt with some buddies i mean you know this year i went out early with devin was helping him try to kill a giant came back hunted you know nine days for elk some solo some with devin and jason then came back and hunted you know that uh, over the remember my extended archery tag for mule deer with devin um you know and like i said it's just, it's fun man it's just it's the i love i love the solo stuff i mean i talk about that a lot just because that's kind of like my uh my title fight hunt i guess you could say every year is those solo adventures i mean i just i like testing myself and you know there's just no for me there's no better way to test me than to um just draw a tag and and be like okay well i'm gonna throw my pack in my truck my bow in my truck all my stuff i need i'm gonna go survive in the mountains for seven eight nine ten days and try to punch this tag i mean i just for me that's the ultimate me versus me challenge um man i don't get to play sports anymore those days are long gone and i always loved that you know that like competitive edge against other people and bow hunting has not given me a competitive edge against other people but i've honestly got a competitive competitive edge against myself like i'm my biggest critic i mean i just i want to see like all right how tough are you you know how many miles can you do can you can you hunt this unit that's steep rugged and deep and can you make it work there can you get something killed there you know i mean everyone wants to throw that term uh you know badass around nowadays and it's like those hunts you find out real quick quote unquote how big of a badass you are because on about day one or two you get punched right in the fucking teeth and then okay are you going to be a quote unquote you're going to be a badass the next seven days or are you going to fold i mean you're going to stay you're going to go what are you going to do like that's for me that's the ultimate test but like i said it's fun so much fun to hook up with buddies and this mule deer hunt was a hunt where me and devin both had tags we're both looking for different caliber deer you know devin's uh 200 inch guy if it's not a if it's not flirting with that 200 inch mark devin's not even going to mess with it and and i'm i'm That's at crazy. the stage where you put a solid 170 buck in front of me and i'm like hey fucking i'm sending it like right now you know hey watch yeah. this here we go well watch not to add let's get giving some credit to devin because you know we know devin and he's awesome he's gonna be on that oh, bear hunt with us he's killer, man he's one of the best dudes that i personally met yep. through the hunting game the hunting industry but yep. that guy is yep. like just a, a mule deer like fanatic. So can you imagine like hunting with him, like how much shit you're going to pick up on? And I'm sure you have, but well, I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> Devin's one of those guys where me and him met on the mountain. We spent a whole day chasing the same buck and we, we put a plan together. Um, we were both up there for the same deer. It's the first time I ever hunted Utah by myself, met Devin up on the mountain and I just, I just knew right away me and him were cut from the same cloth. I mean, it doesn't matter what it takes, like what he's got to do. Um, doesn't matter how many days, how many hours, how many miles he's just all in. I mean, if, if it takes 27 days and you know, 500 miles and, and just being away from home or, or making a drive every morning, every evening in glass and, and just, he'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. And I mean, when you connect with guys like that, that are on that same level, it's really hard to, to not want to join forces and, and hunt with them. And that's how me and Devin were. I mean, we've just been best friends from the start, kind of cut from that same mold. And 
it's just it's fun to hunt with someone that's like on that same level as you i mean we're both just obsessed with mule deer and it's you know he he's he's killed you know so many giants and and it's just like he's got the he's got the philosophy and he's got the mindset and and that mental toughness to get it done you know year in and year out and if he's got to wait two or three years to to find the buck that's gonna fit the bill for him he'll do it i mean he's not going to kill one every year because realistically he won't find one big enough every year i mean you know this year this year he shot that crazy sticker buck that's you know flirting with that 200 inch mark prior to this he hasn't killed a buck in four or five years because he hasn't and and i've been with what he wants like he's holding out for exactly what he wants yeah yeah, he, he knows what he yeah he knows what he wants and i mean it's it's just it's fun to hunt with with a guy like him because like I said, you know, it's, it's the same mentality. There's no quit. There's no give up. I mean, like, you know, when him and I are together, I just feel like it's a matter not of if, but it's a matter of when we're going to get the stick one because we, we both just feed off each other. I mean, there's, I would never quit in front of Devin. He's never going to quit in front of me. I mean, like, well, plus you know, it's nice knowing that he ain't going to shoot nothing unless it's pushing 200 and you're like, Cool, we're gonna to run to a 170 looking yeah. for a 200. <laughs> well, so well yeah, and, and that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the thing is, you know, I haven't killed enough 170, 180, 190 bucks to where I'm only gonna hunt 200 inch bucks because I'm just not at that level yet, and right. I'm not trying to be at that level. But the passion and desire we have to chase mule deer is on the same level, and that's what's cool. Is even though we're looking at, you know, Devin would never look at a 170, 180 buck. He's just, I mean. That, that he wouldn't even think to grab his bow there because that's just not what he's looking at. But that that's a buck that I'd go kill 100. percent So it's yeah. like we both we both are there to help. You know, if we find a mega giant, chances are I'm going to be like Devin. Here's your buck, dude. I'll run the glass. You go. And, right, right. And and he's the type of guy that'd be like, no way, dude. You found him. You go. But I'm like, no, man. Like this is your this is here's your caliber. Like this is yeah. here's a Devin buck. Whereas, you know, that's cool though, man. Like, like you need to be on that level with dudes. If you're hunting yeah. together, you both yeah. want to kill. It's well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you've, it's when you've got guys that are sharing the same common passion in the drive, but, but you're both on a little different level. It's honestly fun. Cause like I yeah. said, Devin gets jacked when we find a 170, 180 buck. Cause he's like, dude, I found a buck that you'll kill. And I go look at it for a second. I'm like, oh, fuck, strapping up my bino harness. Here I go. I'm going in. Like, and <laughs> right. So it's fun. Like, that's fun. You know what I mean? Like, that's – that's. I flew out there and hunted early season with him for six days. Didn't have my bow. Didn't have a tag. I was there specifically to glass to try to find this one specific buck. I'd go on one ridge. He'd go on another. So I spent six days out there just trying to help Devin find this buck because I know yeah. someday there's going to come a time where I'm going to be like, man, I drew this mountain goat tag or I drew this bighorn sheep tag. I, I I drew this unreal mule deer tag, dude, I want you to come help me spot. And he'll be the first guy to be like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Let's go. I'm like, there. you know, yeah, I mean, cool. that's just, that's just the type of best friends we are. Like, you know, if, if I know he's got a buck, like the buck we were hunting would have been a 230 inch buck. He ends up getting killed, not by Devin, obviously, but, we had a solid plan for him early season. And I mean, it was one of them deals where I'm like, I'm flying in, dude. Like I'll, I'm going to burn five days of my vacation time to try to help you kill this buck. Cause I know what goes into it. I know I wanted to be yeah. there. I'm not going to lie. Like, right I wanted there. to be there yeah. to see that go down. And I knew if we found him, chances are it's going to go down, you know, like we're going to have that shot, but right. Well, but another no, good man, point I, mean, I want to yeah, make Clint real quick. It's like, 
you need to be with hunting buddies in camp. Like a little different whitetail because I mean, you can still like, so if, like say if you're with your buddy, he tags out. You still want him to help you work yeah. to get your tag right, filled. Like right. it'd be, yeah, di- yeah, it would yeah. suck to like when we were in South Dakota. It sucked. Like I filled my tag like first day. It would suck if I was like, I just want to sit at camp now. Yeah, we should go home. We should go right. home. Right. Yeah, it's like, nah, man, right. fuck you. Like there's still tags to get filled. Yeah. Let's go hunting. Yeah. You know, like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, like last year I killed my, my mule deer in the rut out there on day one. I spent the next eight days helping Jason Dallas and Devin glass. And I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Every day I had no pressure. I'm up there just running ridge lines, carrying my spotter, my pack. Part of you kind of wants to like hustle a little harder. I don't know. It's weird. Oh, like, yeah. I thought that no, way of tra- I mean, like doing that stock, Eric, on that antelope. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, like we pulled off the impossible on that right. stock. Like, yep. I don't know. Maybe it is no pressure. You're just like, all right, let's get in there. I don't know. And you could go yeah, home, no, but it's, it's like you're just out there and you're going to learn a lot more too. If you're going to yeah, go out there right. every year. Yeah. Cause then we know a shit ton more next time we go back because after a tag oh, was yeah. filled, you kept going. Right. Yep. Yep. And that's what's fun about it is it's like, you know, I mean, I could have easily shot my buck and left and saved seven days, but I'm like, no, nah, man, let's, let's go fill more tags. Like I'm here to help. Like I, and, and, and for me, I mean, it's no surprise. I loved glass. I mean, I absolutely like, there is nothing more fun for me to sit up on a peak somewhere on like the master vantage as the, the world's coming alive and I'm in Colorado or Wyoming or wherever. And I'm behind my spotter and behind my Maven and I'm, I'm just, glass in the world I, I dude i love that i mean i just i that is like my outside of like time with my kids there's realistically no other time that would i could say would be like wow this is equally better or this is better than that i just that's my element man i love it i just yeah. glassing so for me to go glass with a purpose like oh kurt's got a tag still i gotta go glass for kurt like uh, you go here i go there oh dude i love that like that's that's fun i mean to right. me that is fun so fun yeah, no, I agree. It is fun for what little experience I have with it. It's a good time. Yeah, and that's what I loved about Nebraska. I mean, we weren't in the mountains like you were, Clint. Yeah. Like what you do, but we were in the foothills and mm-hmm. just sitting on top of that hill and just glassing and then you cracking yep. jokes, and cracking just, jokes, <laughs> bullshit. And then mm-hmm. uh, when you do find that buck, you're like, oh shit, right? There's one. Let's go after him, and that's where it gets crazy. It's kind of like the ramp up before the main event. Yeah, kind right. of like what's fun about oh, it. Oh like yeah, you're no, searching it is. to get it's, on. It's so. <clears throat> It's so fun to have a buddy on the mountain, you know, like this mule deer hunt. I mean, like two days before I fly in, snowstorm hits. There's two and a half foot of snow. It's 16 degrees. Like I left Ohio at 70 degrees. I landed in Salt Lake to get picked up by Devin, and it is literally 19 out and snowing still. Like we knew going into these first few days, like brutal conditions. Mm. I mean, single digits, two and a half foot of snow. I mean – snow up to your balls the whole time you're walking around you know up at 10 11,000 feet 9,000 feet 8,000 feet you know you're you're, you're checking because the mule deer are migrating down with the snow you know so you got all this snow on top they're trying to get out of that snow so you're you're trying to figure out you know what level are you going to find these bucks at and then pretty much everywhere around is going to be that you know whether it's 8,500 or 9,000 or whatever but Devin and I knew going into this hunt like is going to be brutal. First few days were going to be brutal, but like, it's fun to share. And I mean, there's guys that would, that like my buddies think I'm nuts when I say this, but the steeper, the deeper, the tougher, the, the harder, like I, I get, I get more pumped for a hunt like that than I do where I'm like, Oh, 
the weather's going to be perfect. It's going to be sunny and 60. You couldn't have, like, you don't, I don't re- know, man. You don't I just, remember those like hunts as much. Extreme. Like, yeah, I, I like the extreme. Like, that's just, that's just kind of me. Like, I like extreme. So the extreme snow, the extreme cold, like, you know, I mean, we're packing shit for, to build fires. And I mean, cause it's just like, you know, you're up there all day. I mean, you got to get warm, like warm, warm at some point, you know, you're, you're post holing through this snow, but like, man, I just, I couldn't wait to get going with Devin. You know, it was just, it's just going to be one of those adventures that I was like, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, you know, and, <laughs> and right off the rip, you know, we get into some really good bucks. I mean, right off the get go, you know, we're, we're into good bucks and hey, it's cold as hell. I mean, snow, but like, I'm loving it. Cause it's like I said, I, I, that's a test for me. You know, it's like, I, okay. Like, can you, you know, can you go out there in that element, which is in Ohio, we never see two and a half foot of snow and 14 degrees. I mean, it's just, that doesn't happen. You mm-hmm. know, it's, that's not a thing. And then you factor in the elevation, you factor in all the walking. I mean, you know, you're post holing for miles through this snow like that. And it's just like, in my head, I'm, I couldn't wait to get going, you know, with Devin and I on just, just that adventure, just to like, you know, both of us look at each other in the morning and be like, all right, dude, like this is going to be a rough one, but here we go. <laughs> here like, we go. I don't know, man, that, that shit's just fun. Like I like, I live for that stuff. Like, so, you know, it was, it's, it's fun. Like I said, to share that kind of shit. Cause like me and Devin will talk back now and we'll be like, you remember that first morning, man, it's six degrees, two and a half foot of snow. We're getting ready to leave the truck. And I remember he's like, bro. He's like, this is going to be a bitch today. And I was like, yeah, dude, like it is. But like, I, it's just, I don't know, man. It's different. Like when, when you got one of your best friends with you, like it's like a challenge that you can't wait to get going, but you know, it's going to be so tough. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I like that, man. Like I said, the extreme stuff I like. And those first few days were just, they were brutal. I got in on a Wednesday, you know, and yeah, it was brutal. Got in for an evening hunt, went and glassed, you know, then made a, made a big game plan for Thursday and Friday. We're going to go up into this area and spend both days and, and, you know, pretty much post hole around, man, run the glass and try to find bucks. And lo and behold, you know, that first, very first morning, we got into a couple studs up on this face. And, uh, I mean, good bucks, like, you know, 180 type four point. And then the other one was like a four by five that was probably in the high seventies, you know, big, big heavy dark chocolate racks or rutten does and mind you you're you know you're in an extended archery unit you're in utah you're in an easy to draw area there's guys all over the hill you know i mean that's just part of it like you're gonna you're gonna out there you're gonna run into a ton of people that's just that's part of the gig out there so not gonna lie i mean we're putting this plan together we're halfway through the plan Devin's going to veer off and go to this vantage point, And he's going to basically walk me down in on these bucks. Once I get up there, he's going to flag me into them. We get halfway into this stock dude. And, and four guys come up from the bottom Two come up from the bottom two come from the top. I'm assuming all four guys were together, like in a group, you know, and pretty much blow this buck out, you know? And, and, and we're like, shit, you know, like, but that's just part of it. So we're like, all right, we got to go find another buck. You know, we got, we, we got to go figure something else out. Like, here we go, you know, and, but that's there again, that's part of it. Like that's, that's part of that fun with a buddy, like blown stock, blown attempt, like, you know, kind of got undercut by this group of guys, but it is what it is. Like now we're back to the, you're back to the drawing board. All right. Where are we going now? Like what, what's our plan? What are we going to do? You know? And that's for me, that's, that's fun. It's fun to like bounce the ideas and, and 
share in like that kind of camaraderie with like your buddy, even though it's brutal elements, it's brutal conditions. Like you're still having a hell of a good time, even though everything's brutal right now, you got pressure, you got the weather, you got the snow, you got all this shit's against you, but you're, you're still having like the time of your life. And I mean, you guys know what I mean. Like you guys have hunted with guys and with buddies and tough hunts. And it's like, it, it's fun though, especially when you look back. You're like, damn man, that was brutal that day. Or secondhand gosh, fun. Yep. At the end of the day, yeah. it was totally worth it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. But so that <clears throat> that uh, that second full day, we go back up in that area. We're trying to find this buck, and um, man, can't can't locate him. So Devin comes up with an idea. He's like, dude, let's let's go check this other spot. You know, it's midday. We'll get over there by midday. Let's let's go check this spot. And I'm like, all right. So the mule deer rut, I mean, basically the whole philosophy with that is you, you want to find an elevation where, where all the deer are at. So, you know, maybe that's uh, 6,000 feet. They're halfway down the mountain. Um, a lot of it depends on the snow line. A lot of it depends on, you know, how cold it is. Like, you know, the cold and the snow is going to push those deer down the mountain lower and lower and lower. So we kind of figure out where we're finding deer. And then from that point, you're pretty much running ridge lines and you're, you're trying to find groups of does and pockets of does. And, and you're trying to find these areas where bucks are going to be going in and going out, you know, into these little basins or up into these canyons. And you're trying to either find a buck bedded with a doe or find a single buck that's out cruising. And you're basically either trying to, to cut that buck off or cut that group of deer off. Or if they're bedded, you're trying to loop around and, and get the wind in your favor and make a stock. So there's a lot of hiking, a lot of glass, and it's a fun mix. I mean, I absolutely love the mule deer rut because unlike the whitetail rut where I might sit for God only knows 17, 18, 19 days, dark till dark in the month of November, like this is a, a very different rut hunt. I mean, they're, they're, you're never just going to sit there for a whole day and look at what's around you. I mean, you are yeah. going to constantly be glassing and running ridge lines or jumping in your truck and heading to another spot, you know, hiking an hour, glass that, nothing here. Nope. They're just not in here. Okay. We got to go to this next spot. I mean, so you're always on the move, but I like that. It, it, it makes the hunt, makes the hunts go quick, makes the days go quick. I mean, you know, it's a, uh, you're always on the go. So we, we hike into this spot that night and uh man, lo and behold, you know, we, get into bucks right away. Well, Devin's like, all right, I'm going to split off and, and go over on this side, watch this North slope. And, and I'm going to go, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go on this other side and watch this, this South facing slope. Well, you know, we can kind of see each other from where we're at. So we're able to kind of like hand signal and, you know, kind of like communicate in a way or whatnot. <laughs> Sign language. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, yeah, in a way, you know, like we can, I mean, like we're close enough to where through the scopes and shit, we can like see each other and, and be able to communicate. And I mean, you know, you got like your phones, you can text. I mean, there's, there's service up there or whatever. Like, you know, Hey, the, there's some bucks over here. Like just text come them. over here. What whatever. are you saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Devin finds this, this group, you know, this, this good buck and then some does and man, this bucks dogging these does, you know, hardcore. So I take off and head for Devin. By the time I get there, he's already kind of got a plan in his head. He's like, you know, there's two ways this can go. You know, these bucks can go down this one draw or they can go down this other draw. Like, you know, you're, you're going to kind of have to pick and choose. I'm going to stay up here in glass, but you're going to, at this point in time, I'm going to have to commit to one or the other. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but hopefully Devin can still see what they're doing. And then we can come back tomorrow and hopefully find him again. Like, you know, it's kind of a last ditch effort a couple hours before dark. Well, Lo and behold, 
I picked the right canyon. So I see these, I see this buck, this buck I end up killing, this big four point dogging these does and there's three does with him and the ones for sure in heat. I mean, he's just dogging the shit out of her and they're, they're heading down, heading down this canyon. And, um, at the bottom, down at the bottom, there's, it's, uh, it's not a deep, it's not like a deep river, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's deep enough to where if they get across it, there's no way I'm crossing, like, there's no way I'm cutting them off after that. So I've got to get to them before they ever get to the bottom of that canyon and actually get across. At that point, if I don't beat them to that spot, that's it. Like, there's just, there's no other way I'm going to get into them that night. I'm going to have to pretty much just watch them, and it is what it is. So I just, at that point, this is where mule deer rut hunting gets fun. You tighten up your bino harness, you tighten up your pack, and you freaking, you, you, you know, you're, you lace up your boots and you go. I mean, you just, you take off. So I wrap out around this hill, out around this basin, and I'm just as fast as I can go trying to cut these deer off. I finally get down around, probably lose a thousand foot elevation, get down around this basin, and get up to this little glassing point where I can look kind of down below me. I don't see them. And I'm thinking, there's no way. I'm like, gosh dang, they already got by me. So I repositioned myself and now I'm glassing kind of like back up into the sun, which I hate to do, but I want to make sure they haven't moved down yet. Mm -hmm. And holy shit, there they are. They're they're actually moving into me. And I'm like, you know, so now like your, your mind's going in overdrive. They're 250 yards in closing. And I'm like, okay. That's a total 180 switch though from, oh shit, they moved past me to, oh (laughs) Oh, shit, they're right there. (laughs) Oh Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the meantime, Devin has already made the switch. He saw where they were going. He runs to the top. He's already glassing them. So he sees what's going on. Like he knows I'm in front of them now. They're in between me and him. He like, this is the other cool part about having a buddy is Devin's going to get to watch this whole, this whole deal go down from a wide angle perspective. He's not exactly like he's looking through a 95 millimeter Swaro. He can count my nose hairs right now because I'm only a few hundred yards away, but I'm down below. He's going to get to watch this whole deal go on. And he and I'm looking up at him at one point through the spotter, and he knows I'm looking at him, and he's giving me the thumbs up, like, dude, this is the play. Like, like th- this Can you see like, – you can see him doing that? Yeah, oh, yeah, because, like, I'm able to look I, – I can look at him through my binos, and he's he can see me through the spotter. He knows I'm looking at him. Gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. And so, so he's able to kind of give, like, the thumbs up, like, dude, this is your play, man. Like, you know – I can read Devin's like body language and like just seeing how he's, he's giving me that like fucking thumbs up. Like, dude, like, yes, like this is it. Like keep, keep, you can see his teeth smiling. Like they they excited thumbs up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah, dude. I, I I got fucking goosebumps right now. just talking about it. Cause I'm like right back in that moment. But so he's, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Like I can tell like, all right, this is, this is the play. Like, you know, this is, this is our, this is our jam. So now, Another cool thing about hunting with a buddy is it's like now for me, I'm in my element of, all right, team Clinton Devin's relying on me now. I, I like in my head, I'm like, I got to make the right moves to make the right plays to get this buck killed. Like for the team, like this is a, this is me and Devin now, but like now, like his part is done. My part now is I got to make, I got to make it happen in here. Cause at this point, 
there's nothing Devin can do now that's going to help me. Like it's it is it's it's all up to the guy that's on the stock. Like he just threw just the, he just threw the pass and you got to catch it and run it in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So these this this Bucks, you know, these they're coming down and, and I I got a couple spots. I got a couple spots in my head where I'm like, all right, you know, if they go on the left side of this canyon, you know, where can they go? If they go down the middle, they go down. So I'm like, all right, I'm like I'm going to get right to the middle. I'm checking the thermals, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep the wind and thermals in my face as much as I can, but mind you, it's evening. So your thermals and everything, you know, at this point now are falling because the temperature's dropping. So I'm past the point of my thermals rising, which at this point's good because the deer are above me. So the thermals dropping, realistically, I'm not too concerned about wind at this point in time because my thermals are coming from the deer to me. They're moving down the mountain. So now it's a matter of I need to get in a spot where I can get within 70, 80 yards. I mean, I feel like for me, my own shooting, if I can get you in that 70 to 80 or closer, if I can get in that wheelhouse and I get the limbs bent back, I mean, in my mind, you're fucking dead. That's just, that's, that's where it's at. If I can get you in that zone <laughs> you're or fucking closer. fucking done, son. you fucking done. No, that's, <laughs> that's confidence, dude. That I mean. Well, I mean, in, in. I say this all the time because I don't want to come across as I think I'm Levi Morgan or I think I'm, you know, whatever. Me. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. Kurt, you know, One like, shout out to, yeah, shout out to Kurt Guy or shout out, shout out to Levi, good friend of mine. Yeah. Like, I don't want to come off as just say no, I don't shoot coffee. Levi. He knows it too. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. the yeah, That's why I don't talk about it. It's that, yeah, we don't talk about that much. That's why he hasn't been a guest on the show. He's scared. That's right. That's he's scared. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't. He doesn't want anybody to know about that that Illinois shoot off at the Broadhead at the Steel Target at 100 yards and Kurt beat him. He doesn't want anybody to know about that. It's don't even really bring it up. I'll have to edit that out, but uh, maybe I'll forget yeah. by the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, dude, it's just it's just it's that it's that confidence deal. Like I don't know, I just I when I get back to full draw, I, just, I feel like I am the most deadly motherfucker on the mountain. Like it's it this is it. Like I've worked so hard for that moment, that time. There's nothing stopping me now. Like if if I get them bent. It's over. It's it's a bad day for an animal. It's just it's it's a bad day. It's it's gonna happen, and you know it's it's that sh- it's you know shoot or shoot, man. I mean, man. MJ, you know Jordan, he was never afraid to take a game winner. He wanted it like he lived for that. Like that that was his deal. He wanted the game on the line. He wanted that shot. Like you know Tom Brady, dude. As much as I hate that fucking guy, he's <laughs> one of the. Be- I mean, I hate Tom Brady, but the dude is a killer. You you put the game on the line and tell him he's got to thread the needle on a slant route at 37 yards. The dude will make it. He, he will put the ball right there. He's it's just it's what he does. So well, maybe for me, man, that. like I live for that moment, dude. Like I want the pressure. Like I I want to in my head, and it's so weird because people ask me this all the time. And I'm I'm gonna kind of put you in the mind of Clinton here for a second. Pressure, a lot of pressure makes me hyper focus. Like I want, I want the 71 yard, quartering away downhill. Like for me, all that shit makes me focus harder. Like I focus hard, harder on that than the. It's a big buck. It's 30 yards broadside. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm it's it's I'm still focused, but like. The more pressure, the more buildup, like I, I try to use it in a positive way. Like a, pressure crumbles a lot of people. A lot of people do not like things get the frantic. Moment. What, what's that? So things get frantic. Like you, you start oh, yeah. Oh, making yeah, yeah, weird yeah. decisions. Yeah. Your brain starts yeah. operating yeah. differently. And yes, yes. And see, for, for me, I don't know why. 
I've always been this way. I was this way in sports, and I'm this way with my bow. But, it, like, I slow the world down and zone in when the pressure is at its highest point. When it's day eight and I've, I'm at the end of my exhaustion level, it is like I'm fucking dead on the mountain and I got to make this 90-yard shot on a muley. Or it's, you know, I just took off on a two-mile run to get around the basin to cut this buck off. I know Devin's watching it. Like, I've got all this shit in my head. Dude, I use that in – it's like a positive spin, though. I mean, I look at it as, all right, all this pressure. Clint, don't fuck this up. Like, I, I talk <laughs> I, just, I talk myself through these moments – and it's like I know I've, I've never recorded myself clearly shooting these shots, but I know the smile on my face when I come back to full draw in these moments is as big as any smile I could give because, like, I live. That's what I think about, dream about. I replay these scenarios. People ask, how many shots do you shoot in a year? I don't know. Millions. Because in my head, in my head every day, I'm replaying hundreds of shot scenarios in my head. If I, you saw how many animals I kill in a day through my head, you would be like, this motherfucker is out of, like, <laughs> this like, fucking, fucking lunatic. We've yeah, talked oh, about that absolutely. before, Clint. It's like a lot of people that sit there in the stand, you know, visualize everything that could happen. Yep. Like, sit there, replay it in your head. Yep. Replay it, replay yep. it. Because I think yep. a lot of that, like, mental, I don't know what, preparation, mental readiness, crap, whatever crap, it is. Dude. Plays yep. a big role, especially in something that can catch you by surprise in a situation where you go from the hunt being stagnant to the hunt being one hundred percent. You're in the mix. Here it is, right now. Well, like you have to, you have to visualize that ship in order to be prepared for it. You can't well, practice and, it. I mean, you can the shooting, but you well, can't yeah, practice yeah. the mental situation. Right. Well, well, and here's the deal too. You know, if you talk to you talk to Brian Barney, you talk to Levi Morgan, they talk about the mental preparation for a shot and, and, and it's not sitting there thinking about, okay, I'm going to anchor. I'm going to check my bubble. I'm going to, no, 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 no. They already have been in this moment 9 million times before I go on an elk hunt. You know how many elk I've already killed before I actually ever get on the plane to go or jump in my truck to go on that elk hunt for the month leading up. I have replayed every possible freaking scenario that could, I mean, when I'm actually in the moment, I feel like I've already done it. I've already made the shot. Yeah, like, yeah. in my head, I'm like, Clint, you've done this 100,000 times in the last two weeks. Literally. Put the pin on the hair, push and pull the bow apart till the shot breaks and kill this fucking thing. And, mm -hmm. that, and that's just, like, I've trained myself to look at it like that because it calms me. Like, that, that makes me, like I said, it's that hyper-focus thing. But I'd be lying to you if I said... Dude, I live, though. I live for that pressure moment, man. Like, that just gets me off, dude. I live for it. Like, that's my shit. I love knowing it's going to happen. Here we go. We're going back to full draw. Like, my mind's going 89,000 miles an hour, but when I get anchored back, the world is at a standstill. It's me and my pin. That's all it is. And I'm in my head. It's, okay, aim, 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 aim. The shot breaks, and, dude, it's that's it. I mean, that's it's it's so weird how that transition goes from, 900,000 miles an hour in my head to one mile, one mile an hour. Like it's, it's that quick. Boom. The switch flips and it's like, here we go. Okay. It's time to start pushing and pulling the bow apart and shot breaks. Like I, it's, it's the craziest thing, but like, that's just how, that's how it happens for me, you know? But there again, though, it's confidence, man. Confidence is the deadliest killer walking around the woods. You gotta have it because that makes or breaks so many moments and so many tags go unfilled 
because guys are almost scared to live in that moment. Like we want to be in the moment, but when the moment comes, you can't be afraid of that. Like well, you, I you think, gotta. I want, think Clint, the main difference is a lot of people that visualize yes, but a lot of people don't. Have, it takes experience to have confidence in moments like that because you have to have the oh, skill yeah. set to be able to put moments yep. like that in front of you. Right. You know, you can. Yep. You know, and that is everything you're saying is correct, but a lot of people that have never. I mean, like for me, yep. I've had big bucks in front of me, but I've never had a big mule deer in front of me where I just ran up a mountain. Yep. So, yep. like for me, yep. I have to do that a couple of times. But I do think, on a certain level, an experienced hunter, whether it's experienced mule deer hunter, experienced whitetail hunter, experienced even experienced turkey hunter, wherever they live, there's you already have a step above on the completely inexperienced hunter yeah. mm-hmm. when it comes to being in the moment because you kind of have like a baseline of understanding on like the critical moment of what you're out there doing. Or I should say baseline of successful hunters. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that go out that are, you know, are still figuring it out, but a successful mule deer hunter, successful white tail hunter, successful Turkey hunter. I think you already have a good baseline and then you build on the baseline per situation you're in. And I don't know, maybe that doesn't make sense, but to me in my head, it does. I don't makes, know. Makes total I agree. Sense. I look at it as too, and, and this is something I've learned to do is whether it's an elk, it's a turkey, it's a whitetail, it's this. I try to block all that out, and it's just an animal, and I'm going to pick a spot, and I'm going to bury my pin on the spot. And I don't care whether it's my first black bear, my first elk, my first mule. I don't like in my head, I don't give a shit about any of that. I'm going to pick a spot, whether it's a target, an animal, a paper plate, a can. Whatever I'm shooting at, I'm I'm hyper focusing on a spot, and the goal is hit the spot. And and that yeah. that focus has helped me a lot when I'm in situations like what you're talking about, where you don't have a ton of experience shooting at a mule deer. Or right, um, you know, to this day, the hardest shot I've ever made was my first mule deer solo buck in Colorado, and I mean, it will be a long time till I probably top the difficulty of that shot with the pressure of four years riding on it i mean that was yeah i mean in my head that that, it's gonna take a lot for me to be like damn that shot was harder than that one but but in my head in that moment it it didn't it wasn't my first mule deer buck it wasn't a 32 inch wide buck it wasn't a colorado buck all i'm looking at is this spot that i'm gonna hit like that was it and in my mind i don't know if i've ever been more confident than that arrow that I released that day because, like I said, I was just so hyper-focused on the task at hand and not actually the animal in front of me. But For sure. but that is also a learned behavior. I mean, you got to learn. I guess that's sort forward. of what I was getting at, but I guess I don't – I just don't put – You word, word it a little different. Well, it's different, you know, but right. – Yeah, um, just, just, just word it different, but a similar – a similar yeah. mental thought or mental process. Right, exactly. So I, we get – I mean, we're passionate about it, so we get into these, like, different mental breakdowns oh, of yeah. it. But yeah. let's talk about – so we go back to you guys, you know, making love through optics. You know, he's yeah. giving you the thumbs up, like, yeah, hey, you're good. You, they're doing something different than you originally expected, and you're in you're in the game right now. And yeah. let's yeah. catch it, back up to this, this uh, scenario. Yeah, so we're in the game, you know, these <clears throat> this group's feeding and and he's he's nudging these does, you know, and in my head I'm like, "All right, where I'm at, I got a couple different routes they can go." So, you know, for me, I'm constantly ranging 
and looking and trying to plan ahead for what may happen in, in, in whether it's a whitetail hunt, turkey hunt, mule deer, whatever, I'm always trying to think three or four steps ahead. Okay. What's going to happen? What, what, if they do this, what's my plan? What's, you know, cause you've only got 30 seconds to like figure this all out as they're working their way towards you. Cause once they get within 70, 80 yards, like at that moment in time, it's time for kill switch to flip. Like, I don't want to be pissing around at that moment trying to figure out, okay, where could I kill them or what could happen? Like, I want to already sort of have my my game plans, plan A, plan B, plan C in my head. So they're, they're wrapping around this this ridge and they're, they're going high. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it, I'm going to be in that 70, 80 zone and I'm, I'm ranging a couple – couple um, there's some, some some scrub oak down there, and I'm ranging that. And I'm like, if they get to that scrub oak, you know, we're at 70, 71, and that's right where they're, we're heading towards. So I'm like, okay, you know, this is now in my head. I'm like, all right, I've got kind of the yardage sort of figured out where we're going to be. Now I just need these deer to kind of make, you know, make the, make the final move. And I'm, I'm going to take a page out of Brian Barney's book. Um, he always talks about let the buck make the last mistake, you know, let – let, you know, patience kills the buck. Like at this point, I know I can, I can make these shots. I think a lot of guys at this moment now are going to try to make one final move to maybe get in a little better position. Okay. Instead of making a 71 yarder, let's move 10 yards and make a 61. And I, that is a critical, in my opinion, mistake because when things are unfolding and things are happening, you got to take your first good opportunity. And if you're comfortable making a 71, don't stalk to failure. And Brian talks about this a lot. Ah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do not stalk to failure because if you stalk to failure, you are always going to get greedy and want to get 10 more, 10 more, 10 more. I know at 71, I'm good. I'm, I'm very confident right there. So in my head, I'm like, we're not moving. Yeah. Why, move, why move if you're confident already? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on my knees. I got an arrow knocked. I got my range finder in my right hand. My bow on my knee and my left, I'm, you know, my release is clipped on. I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm just waiting to get final yardage. Those start filing through 72, 71, 72, 71. I'm like, all right, set my dial uh, at 71. Here comes the buck. He's working his way through. The does stop to feed. They're pissing around in this oak scrub. I'm like, all right, this is a perfect scenario. Like they've already fed past me. The buck's going to feed past me. We're going to be kind of slightly cornering away, 71. I'm like, this is, you know, this is in the wheelhouse. I mean, at this point now, all I got to do is do my job, bury my pin, let the bow do its job, you know, in my head, freaking, it's just all down to the shot now. I remember getting back to full draw and I'm thinking, you know, okay, you know, here we go. This is, this is, you know, you've already, you've already replayed this in your mind a million times on the plane ride out here. Bury the pin aim 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 shot breaks and looks like i freaking crush him i mean in in my shot felt great uh watch my arrow bury the fletching i'm like smoked you know like typically when when my and it's 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 weird to say this but guys that shoot a lot and guys that have that confidence in their setup they know when a perfect arrow or a good arrow is released and they know when a not so good arrow is released and in my head when that shot broke it felt great i mean it felt like Pin was buried. Um, bow was steady. I mean, everything felt great. He mule kicks, takes off, and I'm now now I lose him because we we get in the oak scrub. Mm-hmm. Big storm, big 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 storm blowing in tonight. Okay, Shit. Devin sees it all goes down like snowstorm. 
Oh, yeah, like another foot and a half is coming. So we lose him. We don't see him bed down. We lose him. So now we're faced with this decision. Okay, here's the deal. Do we go in and potentially jump him? I mean, he should be dead, but there's always that chance. You know, when you don't see an animal go down, there is that chance of, well, shit. Did I hit him as good as I thought? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, like, you're confident and you think, but, hey, crazy things happen. You could hit a rib and literally it deflects off 181 way or rides the rib down. I mean, you, you don't know, you know. Yeah. So in my yeah. head, I told Devin, I said, I think we need to back out. And he's like, dude, we are going to get dumped with snow. I'm like, I realize that. But if this buck went into this spot, we last saw him and bedded down, we, we have a chance to find him even in the snow. Like, we should find him. If we bump him and it snows and he moves off a mile or half a mile or whatever, we're fucked. Like, you're not going to search a mountainside in another foot and a half of fresh snow and find a dead buck. You're just not. There's no way. Yeah, not in a mile. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and and they can cover that in two minutes. I mean, you know, they they can wrap a ridge and cover half a mile in no time, especially if you're running on adrenaline and the shot wasn't as good as what you thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good so point. I know I'm so I know I'm in for a sleepless night. I mean, I'm confident, but you know how it is. You're 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 hoping you're going to go in there the next day and he's going to be dead, you know, and, and that's just real scenario of like what what you're hoping for. You know, I mean, that's that's what you're hoping for. And, you know, make a long story short, lo and behold, shot was good. We get in there. And he's dead in his first bed. I mean, he's he's right where we last saw him. Smart move that on your was, part, buddy. Well, I mean, and, and, and it was a team thing. Devin and I put the plan together, and we both thought that was a good idea, and that's what we did, you know? So mm-hmm. that was the that was the plan, you know, and, and it worked out good. Now, had that butt not have been there, we might have been like, fuck, we should have went in. We should have done that. I mean, you know, you, you, yeah, you're taking a us. gamble. Yeah, should have, would have, because you're taking a gamble, but. No, man, couldn't be more happy. I mean, just super old buck. Uh, couple, a couple guys had a ton of footage and, a, and had been hunting this buck for four or five years. A couple guys re- reached out to me and immediately recognized the buck. And they're like, dude, we've been watching that buck, you know, for a couple years now. I mean, just an old buck, you know, probably six, seven-year-old deer. Just a, just a stud old buck that, oh, dude, I was so stoked to get him killed, man. I mean, just so much fun to hunt with your buddy and then to – for it to come down to, like I said, you know, just one of those high pressure shots, you know, it's pretty, pretty long range. I mean, 71's not a cakewalk by any means. And it was just, it was a shot that, yeah, I know I can make, but it's like a lot of shit can go wrong at 71. A lot of shit can go wrong at 30, let alone 71. So it was just, yeah. you know, it was, it was awesome to be able to capitalize in on a moment like that. And then with a good buddy there, I mean, it just, you know, icing on the cake, but yeah, man, it's it's hard for me to get away from Mule Deer, dude. I mean, they it just they take me to like the coolest places and and just the shit I get to experience and the places I've been and the things that I've got to see and do because of chasing this passion for mule deer hunting. I mean, it's uh, yeah, man. I don't know if there'll ever be anything that I'll like hunting more than mule deer. I really don't. I mean, it's that is at the top of of, of the cake for me, no doubt. That's that's at the top. I mean. Yeah. yeah, there's some stuff I want to hunt that would be awesome, but year in and year out, if you said you can only hunt one animal with your bow, ah, man, I'm taking taking mule deer, dude, all day. Between early season, the rut, it just, 
I love it, dude. It's just fun, man. It's a, yeah. it's an adrenaline rush for me. Like, like I've never experienced with any other animals. I mean, you know, yeah, I grew up whitetails and God, I love chasing bugling bulls. And I love, I mean, I love all that, but overall dude, when combining everything into one, uh, mule deer is it for me, man. I'm a, I'm just, yeah, that's, that's where it's at for me, dude. That's cool, man. I mean, it's awesome. It's, it's that says a lot. Saying you know you've killed elk, you've killed mountain lion. I mean, you've killed some stud whitetails. I mean, you've killed bears. You, I mean, you know what I mean. You've done a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So it says a lot. But it's cool, man. I can see why. Like you, you explain it very well. You tell the story well. Like, I get why you like mule deer. And you I don't definitely, hear, I definitely want to chase mule deer. Yeah, again. I, too. I mean, that was you just don't I hear people choose a mule deer. There's a big group of people though that like their mule yeah. deer, man. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a tighter niche group than like a, the whitetail and the elk thing because everybody wants to go chase bugling bugles. Everybody, you know, there's a there's a bazillion whitetail guys, but the diehard mule deer guys, dude, they are the most. Here's something I've learned: they're the most precise, planned assassins out there because. Yeah. You have to be so precise on these stocks and so planned on your approach and your attempt to kill these bucks that are living on the sides of these mountains. I mean, it's a, it is, you're not calling them in. Um, chances are you're not going to decoy them in. I mean, it is a literally, you've got to put a stock or cut these animals off and to get in their element on the side of a mountain or, Maybe it's the maybe it's the plains, maybe it's the desert, whatever. I mean, they live in so many different regions of the world, but to get into their element with the big ears they've got, the big eyes they've got, the good nose. I mean, it's it is such a hard task to do, and when you can do it consistently, and when you're killing mature bucks with your bow to get into that wheelhouse range. It's just that they're just a tough animal, man. I mean, they're just it, there's just so much that could go wrong on that that type of a stock or that type of a play. But that's what makes it fun is because when you do get it to come together, I mean, you basically just hit the one in a million. Like it, and and that's what's that's what's cool for me is it's they're so tough, but it's fun to just ride that high when you finally do make a score. I mean, it, it just, it just means a lot to me because I know what goes into that stock, that plan, that hell, just glassing them. I mean, there's been times on mule deer hunts where I've went two and three days and not glassed a buck, maybe found some does, maybe found some yearlings, didn't glass a buck. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's just, Dude, they're they're the ghosts of the mountains, man. I mean, they're yeah. It's Definitely there's a reason cool. why not everybody's going out and killing big mule deer consistently, or why it's not like as popular as like elk or whitetails or whatever. Because, like I said, it it's a tough, tough, tough game to play. But gosh, damn, man, is it rewarding? I mean, it's it's you know, you might get kicked in the teeth fifty times before you get that first score. But holy shit, man! You get that first monkey off your back and kill your first muley buck with a bow, dude. Like that, I, I, that's just it, for me, man. That's tough to top. I mean, it's just it's just tough to beat that. Well, you're getting a collection of them, man. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, you're stacking them, dude. Mo- we gotta we gotta scoot on here for time time's sake. Congrats, Clint. Let's get yeah. it. Congrats, um, too. So we kind of have to blend this time now between late season whitetails and listener questions. Got um, it. I like it. I like so it. I personally think Clint that. We could get into 
as much late season whitetail stuff as we want right now, but I don't know if we're going to top the episode 185 that we did yep. a couple yep, years that's ago. That's a good one. That's um, a good one. And that somehow had like a resurgence on its own the other day like yep. people were sharing the yep. episode and stuff which is cool um so let's just talk on late season whitetails a little bit you know knowing that episode's out there um yep and, yep. and then we'll get into some listener questions which will probably lead us into some more late season stuff i would yep. imagine so yep so i agree let's talk late season whitetails i mean what's something you're looking for now what's some things you're thinking of like you still have an unfilled tag uh, put yourself in some listener yep. shoes what are you doing yeah, I mean, I, I think the first thing that people need to do when they transition from the rut to your late season is you got to hit the reset button. And by the reset button is the rut, whether you, whether guys want to admit it or not or whether they want to accept it or not, it's 99.9% luck. And anywhere, Randomness. anytime, any place can be the right time, the right place, the right spot. In late season, it ain't that way. Nope. There is a rhyme and a reason for every deer to be where it's at. There is no wandering aimless in late season. They've been hunted for months. They've made it through the rut. They've made it through rifle. They've made it through shotgun. They Hell, they've made it through muzzleloader. they made it through youth season. They've made it through the, the guys running coyotes, the guys chasing rabbits. These deer have a rhyme and a reason for absolutely everything they're doing at this point. So in my mind, step one, you got to reset. Your whole brain process, thought, whatever you want to call it, the, the whole mental side of you has got to hit reset because it is a now it is a different game. It is, it is going to be a grind. You've already hunted X amount of days. Maybe you've missed bucks. Maybe some of your bucks have gotten shot. They've gotten hit by cars. They've been wounded. Dude, it's a, it is a mental game from here on out. And, and when I say mental, I don't mean mental as in, oh, I got to make a shot. I mean mental as in I got to stay in the game and keep hunting. Because it's easy to jump on the couch and say I'm going to turn on the Cowboys game. I'm not hunting tonight. You would but, watch the Cowboys. Well, I'm an Oakland Raiders fan, but I just threw Cowboys <laughs> out there. But realistically, I'm a I'm a I'm a Vegas guy. I'm a Raiders fan myself. Shout out to my man Derek Carr. We're homies. We're probably gonna go elk hunt next year. I'm just kidding. He probably doesn't even fucking elk hunt, but it sounded good. What if he did though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but no. I mean, I, I think step one is you got to hit a reset button. Step two, the plan and the for like formulating a plan at this point in time is now. The biggest factor between guys and girls that are going to fill tags and who are not. Because in the late season, there is no blundering. There isn't just, I'm going to, just like our term, you're not just going to trip into a 150 in late season. Now, in the rut, yeah, you might have a 150 come by that lived four miles from you the whole year, (laughs) and he's strolling past you because a doe went through there earlier, and that's just where he's at right now. Just all nimbly bimbly running through. (laughs) Absolutely. So sometimes but, you can but, trip into 150. <laughs> Our whole merchandise sales have been a lie. Yeah, we got to get rid of well, that. One. But I would agree with you. It can yeah, happen. But, you can trip into them, but right, not consistently. Right. That's the key. Right. And during this time of the year, like I said, I mean, a deer's whole thought process is put body weight back on that's now been lost from the rut and continue to stay alive. <laughs> but you're hunting deer that have been hunted for months now. They've seen it all. They've heard it all. They've smelled it all. So – the plan on finding a buck 
And figuring out a buck at this moment in time is more crucial than any time of the season because if you just blunder into an area and start hunting aimlessly, that buck will pattern you so fast you'll never even have a chance to lay eyes probably on that deer. Because realistically, like I said, at this point in the game, they've already seen it all, played it all. I mean, like, they know what's up. Are they hungry? Yeah. Are they trying to build back body weight? Absolutely. Does that play into your favor? Sure does. I mean, yep, well, I don't sure care about uh, egg fields, bait piles, whatever, food plots. Like, they got to eat, and they got to stay alive, and that plays into your hand. But they're also on edge and on alert as much as possible. They're so on fucking high alert at this point. Oh, dude. I mean, if your jacket brushes against the tree the wrong way, that is loud enough to literally send a deer at 50 yards booking it for the next county. I've been there. It's happened. I've done it. And I mean, you would never think in a million years that could be heard, but on a dead silent December day when it's six degrees out, the sound that travels and how it travels and the way it travels during that time of the year, it's like, you know, it's amplified so much. That's all it takes to throw a deer into, like I said, the next county. So, you know, in my mind, you got three, three keys, reset button. You got to make a plan of, okay, you know, I'm going to run, maybe it's, maybe it's, you're going to glass. Maybe it's, you're going to run six cameras on this farm. You know, however you're going to get your information, you've got to find now a plan for the the page out of the juries, you know, the most recent information, your MRI, that's, that's step two. You got to figure that out. And then once you find your buck, once you figure out, okay, here it is. I got pictures of him. I've seen him or, you know, I know he's in here now. Now, You've got to try to figure out how's this buck killable because, like I said, there again, chances are he's going to have a few flaws in his armor, but there's not going to be many. And you've got to figure out where that is because at this point, by just saying I'm going to hunt this buck till I kill him, I'm just going to keep hunting, keep hunting, keep hunting. Realistically, you're going to slit your own throat because that deer will figure out what's going on so quick during this time of the year because they're on high alert. If does figure out what's going on, if the, if the other rest of the herd figures out, like you got to factor all this into what's happening. Like it's in early season, you can have a doe blow and then walk by you and a buck come by 20 minutes later. And he could care less that that doe was blowing (laughs) 20 minutes ago. He doesn't give a shit. Maybe it's blowing at a fox. Maybe it's blowing at a squirrel. Maybe it's just blowing to blow. It blew at its own shadow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But if a deer blows in January, guess what? Every deer in that county is now on high alert. <laughs> yeah, they're so pretty much like, over it, man. They've all worked overtime. They're ready oh, to yeah. go home. They're like, all right, yep. quit yep. fucking with us, man. You're still out here? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you still here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you know, like I said, in, in, in my opinion, that's your that's your three keys. You, you got to hit reset and mentally prepare yourself. You got to come up with a plan on how you're going to find a buck or how you're going to target a deer. And then once we actually figure out what that deer is doing, you now have to figure out where where are the flaws in the armor. How do I go kill this buck? Because well, it's probably Clint, let me throw a scenario way. at you. Let me throw a scenario okay. at you if you don't mind. Okay. Because I, I, the property I grew up on was very, very, very tough late season hunting because we didn't have food. Yep. And yep. 
a common question we get when we do these late season topics is, you know, um, everybody says food, food, food. You got to get on the food. Where's the food? Where's the food? Which obviously you do have to find the food. If it's that cold, you know, deer are going to be hitting food. What if you have a property that doesn't have food? What do you do? Well, here's what you're, here's what you're keying on. And sometimes in my opinion, I think properties that don't have the food are the best properties to have right now, late in the game, because you don't have the food, but you've got cover. Like for me, and I'm going to take a page out of my own book when it comes to sheds, when it comes to late season, south facing slopes are where it's at. Mm-hmm. Sunlight is hitting that the most. You've got the most green growing later on in the year. Whenever stuff starts to regenerate again, your, your little buds, your little sprouts, south facing slopes will produce more for deer to feed on in January, February, and March than a north-facing, hands-down, three-to-one, and deer know that. Also, when they're bedding, why would you not want to bed in the spot that gets the most sun? So me, immediately, when I'm looking at late season and I'm looking at bedding areas or I'm looking at staging areas, I'm immediately pulling up south-facing slopes in that area because I want to look at what, kind of terrain features are on these south facing slopes if you've got some thickets or crab apples or you've got a big saddle that dumps uh that dumps a south facing slope down into a food source or or, you know let's say the food source is a half mile away but you've got this big south facing slope and you've got this big saddle halfway across i'm gonna tell you right now i don't even need to go look at it and i'm gonna tell you that saddle in late season would be dynamite to catch those deer coming up and over that south facer dropping down over that saddle heading to feed and feed might be half mile away but Mm -hmm. that's the easiest route and it's on a south facer that oh dude like i'd be jumping up and down to see that on one of my spots (laughs) that i'm trying to kill a buck on so in my opinion i think I think a spot that doesn't have feed, you've just got to look at it differently. So you got to look at, okay, if deer aren't coming here to feed, but they're staying here, where are they staying? And then where are they going? So you still need to locate feed, but that might be a mile away. That's fine. How are they getting there now? So Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're backtracking, piecing your puzzle together. That's how I would look at a property. And I've done this before. I mean, in late season, I've killed some bucks where the food was not relatively close to me, but the deer were bedding on these south-facing slopes because it was the most convenient spot for them to bed, and then they would move off and they would and travel to the food, food. sources. Yep. But yeah, makes what's, sense. Cool, what's cool about this scenario is if you got a food source a mile away, and these deer have to these deer want to get there in decent time. By 334 o'clock, a lot of times these deer on their feet moving that direction. If you're hunting the cover and you're hunting these south facing slopes, you can have some dynamite late season evening hunts because these deer are not afraid to get on their feet and start transitioning towards that food. It's nothing to have deer walk by at four o'clock. Whereas if you're on the food source, let's be honest. These deer are on high alert. They're scared to be out in the open. Yeah, you're going to have deer come to food. Don't get me wrong. But you're also playing and fighting the last couple seconds, last couple minutes of shooting time, shooting hours. You're playing that game too. Right. And I've been on that side of the coin. That can be the devil in the details type of deal because I don't know how many times I've had a, a, 
a, a target buck come in and I can't kill him. It's dark. It's past legal shooting or he's working across the field and it's 530. I'm now pinned in this tree for the next hour in darkness waiting on these deer to move off so I don't get busted. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, do you need to know where deer are feeding? Absolutely. But I almost think it's sometimes easier and more effective to hunt a bedding or transition zone going to that. And it might be two or three properties away. It's easier to get in and get out, in my opinion. And it also, I think it's easier to pattern deer coming from a thicket or coming from a south facing slope to head to a cut cornfield that's a mile away. I, I think you have better chances slipping in and mm-hmm. slipping out. Then you do a field because you're only going to bump deer off a field so many times before they're like, okay, we know the drill. It's got to be dark before I hit this field. Exactly. Exactly. So if you don't kill that buck the first, maybe second time that you hunt a field and you're blowing deer off, guess what? He now has you patterned. The deer herd has you patterned. You're fucked. You're fucked. Bottom line. I mean, yep. you know, excuse my, excuse my French, but that's, that's, that's what it is. I mean, there's no way around it. So, you so the now, two big take, takeaways is if you don't have food, find where the food is, uh, even if it's off your property. And then backtrack. Backtrack, yep. find terrain, south facing yep. slopes, saddles, pinches, yep. and yep. Yep. I mean, make your move accordingly. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to think like a deer during this time of the year. You want to be out of the wind. You want to be out of the elements. So if you've got a, 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 you know, if you've got this thick, nasty crabapple thicket on a south facing slope where it's going to be hard for snow to penetrate in there, it's the deer out of the wind. I mean, you, you've got to put yourself in their shoes. They're trying to survive. They're trying to conserve calories, conserve energy. Yep. They're not going to be up on a ridge top on a north facer where the wind is beating them in the face all day and it's 20 degrees colder there. Why in the hell <laughs> right. would any animal want to do that? Right. Would you sit there if you lived out there? Think about, yeah, think about where exactly. you'd be comfortable. Exactly. Well, cool. Yep. That, I think, Clint, that was a good late season breakdown, um, good refresher episode. I think it's 185 that we did yep. is like a full yep. blast like rundown. Um, let's get into some social media questions. Um, we got a little bit of time left, about a – Got a little less than a half hour here that we got to bust through these. Let's talk uh, about. So, all right, I'll let you pick. Do you want to hit Facebook or Instagram first? I don't care. You you pick. You roll with it. You're the host. You pick. Uh, let's or the guest, whatever. Fuck you, host. He's a host. Well, fuck you. Have my job. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Facebook. Let's get. Let's get Facebook. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike Topper writes. Would you rather hunt in a saddle or a ground blind? Explain your answer. Um, ground blind. I'm. I'm just. I. I'm sorry, but the saddle thing's just not. I. I have no interest. I. I. I'll be honest with you. I don't like ground blinds at all. Um, but the. the man, I just can't get into the saddle thing. I, I just hanging off the side of the tree. It just. It's just not. I don't know, dude. I mean, I just. It's just not my thing. I, That's fair. That's fair. I, that's really all you had to explain, man. Like I had to kind of defend myself today on Facebook. So like I seen that Kurt on a podcast said he thought saddles were cool. Now I feel like he hates them. Like no, nah, I don't hate them. Like I don't disrespect no. anybody's way. I just yeah. I'm a hang on guy traditionally. Not, yeah, not for me. Yeah, yeah. me too. So, yeah, me get too. off I'm my a, ass. Yeah, I'm a I'm a hang on guy, and I mean I don't know. I mean I'm not a ground blind fan, nor am I a saddle fan. But realistically, I I just I don't know, dude. The the, the saddle process for me, it's just a lot. I don't know, dude. I'm ropes and not. carabiners. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is like, I if I'm gonna go do all that shit, I'm gonna go rappel off a mountain. I don't want to go hang off an oak tree. I just I can barely know. tie my shoes, let alone one of them fucking things. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Figure, figure out yeah. the right the right way to run a rope through a rope in one or two or whatever. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Uh, Coulter Webb writes, "When are you going to start filling tags with the recurve?" Well, I started. I started with a recurve, shot my first deer, a uh, little button buck, then killed a doe. Had a little bear Kodiak, 45, I think it was like 42 pounds at 27 inches. Um, that was fun, man. Honestly, like I love shooting traditional and I used to do it a lot. Um, I do think that's something that down the road I'll get back into because um, it is fun and, and it's, it's like the purest form of archery. And there's no doubt that my path will cross with that again. Hundred percent. There's no no doubt in my mind. Cool. That's awesome. I, I actually I don't think I knew that. Um, yep. Let me get in here. Here. Hold on. I'm trying to uh, put little hearts on these that we answered. That way they know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the person. Yep. Um, this one's a funny one, so I'll uh, I'll I'll read it. Nick Soboleski. I think that's how you say his name. All that time spent on the Windy Mountains must be brutal. What skincare regimen do you use to keep your sex appeal up for Austin Chandler? Well, I mean, I can't really give away all me and Austin's secrets. I mean, I know what he likes. I know what his hands <laughs> like. I know what his. Uh, I know. I know what his cheeks like. Uh, I mean, it, realistically, that's kind of a, a question that <laughs> I can answer, but I can't answer. I mean, right. you know, if I was to, if I was secrets. to give. If I was to give a legit answer to that, I feel like I would kind of be tapping into me and him's little secret sex world, and I just don't really feel comfortable doing that. It's <laughs> hey. kind of a personal thing. Clint, I'll say, I apologize. I read the question. I'm sorry. You should it's, know better. Like I said, I mean, it, it's better off better. to get it out there Shame in on the me. world. You know? I, I, mean, I know his like, secrets, but I won't spill them. <laughs> it's, exactly, yeah. It's, it's kind of like if you're, if you're in, if you know, you know, you know? <laughs> I don't. But um, next question here. Um <laughs> This one's kind of funny. I'm going to read it because uh, we've we've been kind of like Drew Carey lately on the podcast, yelling Ohio. Um, yeah. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. We have? I, I haven't noticed it. I mean, Ohio people have been mad at us. But you got to remember, we live in Iowa and Illinois, and we've been getting blasted for our state for big bucks for years. Yeah. All right. So, well, so fuck if, you, if Ohio. Any, if there's anybody out there that acts like Ohio has been some secret the last 10 years, you're living under a fucking rock. That ain't no shit. <laughs> hey, start yelling at Stan Potts because he, uh, I mean, he killed a 200 yeah. in Ohio, I think. Uh, yeah, and I mean, dude, if you look back the last 10, 15 years, we've been top five every year, if not top four, top three. I mean, it's not some secret. Like, Well, you guys I are mean, a bait state. It's not really that impressive. Yeah, that's true. I forgot <laughs> about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Jesse Laughlin. Uh, with all this nonsense, working class boners been spewing about Ohio, do you think our deer population is going to take a hit in the next few years? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, that's funny. Um, and Luke Hooper asked, or he commented, the three people out there that take these guys seriously aren't going to put much of a, di a dent in the Ohio deer herd. You know I'm playing, boys. And I said, well, there are going to be lots of snacks and holes drilled in sticks in Ohio for 2021. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Keaton Rhodes asked, what are you packing into the high country for food on a week-long mule deer hunt? So... Basically, what I'm doing with that is, um, yeah, man, I'm 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 kind of a psycho when it comes to what I take and what I don't. So every day I'm gonna have 
you know, kind of a calorie range that I want to hit and I'm going to have everything in a, in a Ziploc bag. So I'm looking at basically a couple snacks. Um, and a lot of that's going to be like, you know, granola or, um, I'm a huge peanut butter guy. I love the squeezable peanut butter, high calories, high fat. You know, I want to keep as much, I want to have as many calories and as many fat, um, calories as I can possibly get in my body because that's going to constantly keep energy and, and keep me kind of going. I'll have one big meal a day. Um, shout out the off grid food company. I mean, they, uh, off grid, man, they hook me up. I mean, every year, I mean, and they've got some killer, killer meals. I mean, Thai cow, Thai cow quail. They've got freaking bi- uh, bison mac and cheese. They've got, I mean, dude, the list goes yeah. on and on. Like, there's just, there's a ton of great meals. That's a little game of that because Mountain House. Basically, it's like if I ate one Mountain House meal. It's like, all right, you're not pooping for six days. What's well, up? It's so Which is kind of good. So <laughs> kind of good because you don't have to worry it's about just, it. It's straight sodium. You know, it's just straight. Preservative. It, yeah. That's, you know, that's all um, it is. I have a question from me. Kurt Geyer writes, are you putting it in the Bomar Silent Snacker? Well, here's, <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal, fellas. This is I'm I'm gonna throw this out there right now because this hasn't hit mainstream America yet, but uh, I actually now own that. That's mine. I oh. bought that. Yeah, C- congratulations, man. Sorry that I put it on blast so early. I didn't. It's need fine. To... I was gonna make a post tomorrow. You kind of <laughs> fucked that all up for me, but it's fine. We'll just throw it out now. Do we okay. get one for Christmas? Breaking news. Yeah, I actually have a bunch of those. They're just called reusable Ziploc bags. Um, welcome to the future. Um, you can probably buy them on Easy. Amazon. Don't, don't blow everyone's minds oh, at once, right oh, now. Sorry, dude. Didn't mean <laughs> yeah. to hurt everyone's snack well, game. Wait here. till I wait till I introduce you guys to my newest 2021 project that I'm working with those guys on. The reusable rubber. Wait till oh. that hits. Wait till oh, that hits dang. stores. You're gonna be a fucking millionaire. Damn, changing the game. Dishwasher safe. Good for you, man. <laughs> safe. Don't put in the microwave. Good for the environment. Um, <laughs> this one's. These are just like bullshit questions, but I love it. David uh, Ungus asked, I'm sorry, dude, if I butchered that. If you ever stumbled upon a Sasquatch, would you try and drink a beer with him? Uh, I'd probably try to bend it over a log and make a baby with it. Cool. That's a good move. Um, (laughs) Matthew Davoli, do you ever have a hard time staying positive? You talk a lot about confidence in the woods, which I'm totally on board with. But when you build yourself up like that and don't pull the trigger or see anything, how do you keep from getting frustrated? Basically, yeah, I mean, he's like, I you think, you hype it up on the podcast, but what if it never happens? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing, though, is, is in my opinion, if you walk around confident, chances are when your moment does come, you're going to be more ready. So I try to never let myself get in a moment where I'm questioning why I'm there. I'm questioning why I'm doing this today. Like, I, I always have a plan for the day, and I'm 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 sticking to that. Like, in my mind... Over the next ridge, there's my big buck. Um, another 20, 30 minutes of hiking, I'm going to get into the, to the herd of elk. Um, okay, on this stock, I'm going to get within range of this antelope. Like, in my mind, dude, that's just, that's, you know, like, I don't, I try never to let myself get in a, a negative, you know, mindset. Are there times where you hit the negative deal? Absolutely. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I'm never in my head, like, God damn it, Clint, like, fuck, what are you doing? Yeah, there's times where you hit that, that mental block, but I know well enough from experience 
you have to quickly turn that around and you, you've got to hit reset and refocus and be like, okay, all right, this isn't panning out the way I thought it was going to pan out, but I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get back in the game. And I think that separates your 10% of guys that are killing 90% of the animals versus the 90% of guys that are on the outside looking in, just hoping they get lucky. And Mm -hmm. if you want to be a 10 percenter, the number one common theme between all the 10 percenters is that mental mindset of confidence and never basically giving up on themselves and never giving up on the plan for the day, the plan for the hunt, the plan for the season. Like you got short term, you know, I've always got a short term goal for this hunt. I've got a long term goal for the whole season. And I'm never going to stray from those like in my head. That's just where it's at. And the second I start to stray, I'm going to smack myself in the mouth and be like, no, no fucker. Come on back. Here we go back mm-hmm. on the positive train. Like you just, you just can't let yourself get in that rut. Cause I know what happens when you get in that rut. And then you start to question, why am I here? Why am I doing this? I could be home. I could be at work. I could be doing this. I could be doing that. And dude, it is a downhill snowball effect to no man's land and then you leave a hunt early and you're halfway home and you're literally ready to stab yourself in the face the whole rest of the way home because you're so disappointed in yourself i just i i will never let myself do that man like no way that just you know yeah i I agree with him because like what if you get home and you're like fuck what if i would stay you're going to you're going to i guarantee it if you go down swinging and i've went down swinging many a times I, I pull into my driveway and I say, you know what? I gave it every freaking ounce I had. I'm happy. I'm happy about that. I never quit. I gave it everything I had. I worked my ass off and you know what? Just didn't pan out. Well, there's but so many things that you can't control too. Is like, oh, yeah. I think people forget about Absolutely. that a little bit too. You know, it's, you know, weather, especially out West, Clint, that you've talked about on all your, you know, yeah, like the your Colorado. Snow, people would have backed out yeah. of then. Yeah, your snow, the situation you ran into with the storm coming in when you were in Colorado, which go check that episode out. Um, I can't remember what oh, number yeah. it was. Yeah, but I, like, was, I was fucking devastated driving home, and there was nothing I could do about it. I mean, yeah. I had no choice. I had no choice, and I was, dude, you talked to Susie, you talked to my dad, you talked to, I was literally a wreck over that i could not fathom that the hunt i waited for all year ended like that and there was nothing i could do yeah. nothing i could do that kind was of the it. same thing with our elk hunt a wildfire yep. cut it short and it's like well everything oh, everything yeah. all the That's game plan we had planned on and maps God. we had studied were closed sucks. because everything was I shut down fucking window yeah so sucks. we were just like well i mean we went to some other spots but it like we went in blind and it just wasn't yep it just wasn't yep. where we wanted to be. But, yeah, uh, moving on here. Um, some of these questions are kind of low. I, I don't know if you can answer this one sort of quick, Clint. That's a shitty way to, okay. like, throw this question at you. <laughs> um, Stone Parsons uh, asks, where to start on getting points for out-of-state hunts, and what would be the best choice for a first-time uh, hunting out west? I'm going to say go get subscribed to Go Hunt, number one. Um for someone that has no idea, there's there's a ton of places that you can go and, and you can pay $100 a year, $150 a year, and you can actually have these these services, these apps or you know the websites. They will break down state by state 
how to apply, what to do, where to go, because it's a lot of information to try to process on your own if you don't know anything about Western hunting. Right. Um, go hunt, for example. I do a lot of a lot of writing for those guys. Shout, shout out to Brady Miller and everybody over there. Um, you can type in, I have zero points. I want to hunt mule deer in Colorado in the third season rifle. What units can I draw? You type that all in and it spits out 15 units. Here you go. Here's a description. Here's where they're at. Here's the elevation. It'll give you all the information you need. You can now start to pin down where you want to hunt. And here's what I'm going to tell you, and I'll make this really quick. The best way to get good at hunting elk is hunting elk. The best way to get good at hunting mule deer is hunting mule deer. And what I mean by that is don't be one of these guys that saves seven, eight, nine points in Colorado Never has hunted mule deer in his life and then goes, yeah, I got nine points. I'm going to go hunt a mule deer now. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, that is not the way to do it because chances are you will fail epically. Figure out a system on I'm going to build points in this state, but I'm going to hunt every year over the counter in this state. So maybe you're going to build points in Wyoming, but you're going to hunt a zero point or an over the counter tag in Colorado or Utah every year. To start to figure out how to sharpen your skills on hunting mule deer. By the time you draw that really good tag in Wyoming, you've now got four or five mule deer hunts under your belt. You know what the hell you're doing to an extent. Mm -hmm. And that would be my advice is, you know, the best thing to do is going to be, you know, get in with a go hunt or a a hunting fool or, you know, get, get in with one of these agencies that help guys plan for the future. Okay, you want to go on a mountain goat hunt? You got to start building now. A lot of states, that's 15 points, 20 points. Like, right. they can help you walk through the process, you know, way better than me trying to tell you how each state works because each state's different. Each state's points are different. Each state's right. are different on how you build points. So, cool. that would be my knowledge. You know, that'd be yeah. my kind of guidance is get on an agency like a go hunt and let them help you figure it all out. Cool. Killer way to answer that, like, fairly quickly on a com- on <laughs> complex question, actually. Yeah. Because um, I've spent lots of time trying to figure it out on my own. Oh, and it can um, be a fucking disaster. Yeah, too. and I still oh, think yeah, about doing the is. go hunt thing. It is. Sure. I mean, I remember when I first got into all this, I literally wanted to blow my head off because every state is different. Every species is different. And I'm like, what am I looking at? What what yeah. what, what is this? Like, what is a preference point versus a bonus point? What is, I mean, oh, dude, there, there's, yeah. I mean, you, you can literally drive yourself insane trying to dissect all of this on your own when you really don't even know what the hell you're looking at. Right, right. Hey, moving on. Sorry to do this, but I want to get through these questions while we have uh, time still. We're, we're on a time frame on this podcast, so I apologize. That's right. That's um, right. Usually doesn't happen. This is a cool one, and I'm kind of going off now, like how many likes different questions got. Uh, Wayne Day wants to know what's your process on packing meat out from what he does right after the kill to getting the meat home. So it's all going to be situational. I mean, if it's 90 degrees versus it's 20 degrees, I mean, you know, there is a, there's a different procedure for basically every hunt. I mean, am I, you know, if I'm 10 miles deep, realistically, I'm going to have to hang meat and I'm going to have to make trips. If I'm only three miles deep, I'm going to say, screw it. And I might work throughout the whole entire night, make three or four trips to get the whole elk out. Or if it's a mule deer, you know, it, it's, 
it's a tough question to answer because it's very situational. But basically what I'm trying to do is get hide off, get meat off, and then now you're going to go in game bags. And at this point, you are now trying to get that meat cooled and somewhere where it is going to be. I'm not going to say you're always going to be able to get it out of the element, but you're going to want to hang it in shade. Or if you can't get it to a cooler to get it in the coldest environment, you got to figure out where's the most where's the most protected area I can get this to keep it away from whether it's the heat, whether it's, um, you know, some guys, they don't use game sacks, game bags. Man, for me, the flies, I mean, <laughs> that's like one of my main concerns is flies. You know, you get flies to start laying larvae on that meat without a game bag, you're taking a huge chance. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big game bag guy. I want to get that meat off. A lot of times I pack it on the bone. If I've got a super long pack out, I'm going to debone it. But if I can keep it on the bone, it rides in your pack better. And depending on what I'm doing, if I'm by myself, if I'm with buddies, there again, very situational. But I'm trying to get that meat cooled off the animal as quick as possible and get it to a cooler, my truck, whatever, as fast as I can. But there's also a time frame there. I mean, it might take me two days to pack an elk out by myself, whereas a mule deer, I could go through the struggle bus and probably pack it out in one trip. Yeah, I'm going to damn near kill myself, but it's done in one trip and I'm done. I mean, so – Cool. Very situational. Good answer. Good way to answer that, guys. You're you're pretty damn good at these. So one more on Facebook, and we're gonna we're gonna power through some Instagram ones. Uh, this one I thought was just kind of cool and quirky a little bit. Uh, Frank Cooper Morehouse writes, uh, "Do you have a pair of lucky socks or something you always take hunting with you? I always have my brother's army hat or in my pocket. Army hat or in my pocket. Um, he took me hunting." Uh, for the first time when I shot my first deer with him, I swear when I forget it, I don't see anything. To be honest with you, I mean, truthfully, man, I, I really don't. Um, you know, it's funny, like my kids now, you know, they'll, they'll like, you know, build me something like a Lego or, or, you know, sometimes they'll like draw me a picture or something and, and I'll, I'll put that like in my, in my pack with me. Um, right now on my, um, on my 44 mag bag from Kafaru, it's got like a little spot where you can, you can put like patches and stuff. And, um, I got two patches on there. One says Easton and one says Keaton. And I mean, like I've got that on there. Cause just, you know, it's kind of a little motivational cool. thing. Like I know when I'm away from my kids, you know, I'm yeah. out there for a reason. Like if I'm going to be away from my kids, I want to be out there getting the job done. Like, so, but no, little motivating, like, little motivating yeah. tool, if you will. Yeah, little little motivating tool. Yep, you know, you know. I mean, I, and it's something yeah, I I know? do that I've surprised that I don't get called out for a little more. I have this little like hippie hemp, hemp uh, braided, braided like I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about? Little you've had it on there since I met you. It's like a little bracelet thing, and there's like a couple little beads on it. It's just like yep. hemp. Um, yep. And my wife made it for me when we first started dating, and like as like a lucky charm. And I've had it on every bow since 2010. Yeah, so I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. You showed me that bear camp. That is, that's real cool. Yeah, so it's been on every single bow. I always find a spot to loop it through. Normally, there's like a little hole underneath your grip, mm-hmm. and then I always just loop it through there. And it hasn't fell off yet. I honestly would be pretty bummed out if it fell off, but oh, it's just yeah, the risk you sure. take, you know. So, but yeah, yep. I got that on there. All right, hop into Instagram quick. Um, we're gonna power through Insta here. Slam. I'm probably just gonna pick a handful of these since we spent so much time on the Facebook ones. Um, 
some of these people just are fucking funny as hell. <laughs> like I can't even read some of them. Um, <laughs> this is funny. Read out a funny one. Outdoors therapy. What's the secret to summoning the devil to sell a soul? I'm getting pretty desperate to fill a tag. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to say grab a spotlight and a rifle and go get it done, brother. Fuck <laughs> it. Uh, right. Drift your way on out this motherfucker. Let's do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of these we covered. <laughs> right here, Rob Olson, 91. I don't have any questions specifically. Just post a four-hour, 30-beer podcast, and I'm sure I'll learn everything I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to happen. That's my man. Shout out to him. That's funny as hell. Um, Clint couldn't drink 30 beers. I can only drink 29. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here. Um, how does he kill and sick a cam? Everybody knows it doesn't work. Clearly, I don't kill it, and I just put it on for pictures, you dumbass. There you go. <laughs> um, it's a great answer. <laughs> There's some funny ones here. A lot of these we covered already. Uh, what's your shooting routine in the off season and before season like? Um, so off season, so usually the month of like, um, you know, uh, February, March, April, I got, I'm usually setting up a new rig. I'm shooting blank bail pretty much every single night, five, six feet, no sight. Um, uh, just working on getting used to the bow, reprogramming my shot. Um, from there on out, you know, I'm going to start setting my bow up. I mean, it usually takes me all summer to set a sight tape up by August 1st. I've usually got a sight tape on and I'm, I'm pretty much set on that sight tape. The whole month of August, I shoot distance. I don't shoot anything under a hundred. Uh, usually I'm 100 to 130. Uh, disclaimer, I'm not shooting animals that far, but if I can get solid at 120, 130, a hundred, that makes a 70, a 60, an 80, a six, you know, 50, whatever, that makes them so much easier. So that's my method to madness there. Um, before the jack wagons start talking about how I'm shooting at 130 yards at animals and I'm unethical and I'm a piece of shit and blah, 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 blah. That's just what I'm doing to make <laughs> 60, 70, 80 yarders seem not so bad. It's just, you know, it's just, it's a mental yeah. thing. Um, listen, it's better you practice and do that and guys give you shit than going to buy a crossbow that advertises hundred yards out of the box and you going to pull that oh, off yeah. right. and then almost oh. shooting me, you know? I know. Yep. <laughs> What's up? I'm with you. All right. Cool, man. Well, a lot of these other – there's a ton of Instagram questions. A lot of them we've covered in detail, or we can just make our own podcast off of them, and we don't really have time to cover no, that. No, Clint, that you now. have to go on Instagram and answer every single question on that. There you go. Answer them, mean, like, briefly, but then tease a podcast. There you go. Marketing and teasing all at the same time. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I don't – yeah, that's – yeah. I mean, if there's any other – fuck, I'm, I'm not on it right now, but, yeah. If there's anything that looks – like, oh, man, we need to cover that real quick. Let's do it. If not, then we'll call it good. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Congrats on a killer 2020. Um, anything you want to close with, man? Shout outs, anything like that for the year? Here's your time. Man, no, just, you know, I can't thank uh, everyone that supports this podcast, supports all of us, supports me enough. I mean, fuck, dude, it's, it's honestly crazy for me to think that, just me being me, like just a guy that's crazy about bow hunting. It's it's nuts to honestly see the amount of people that realistically give a shit about what I'm doing, which is it's still it's I talk to Kurt and Eric and the guys about this all the time. Like it's crazy to me to think that that many people really care about what I'm doing or 
how I'm doing it or whatever. But dude, it's it's really cool. I mean, I honestly feel like I'm super freaking blessed to be a part of this podcast and and be just a part of the hunting community in general. And I've got, I mean, just diehard guys that and girls that follow me. Like it's crazy how many people stand behind me on a hunt or message me or share my shit. And and the same with this podcast. It's nuts the WCB nation, how that has transpired into what it is today. It's, it's just, it is mind blowing how many people support this podcast, support me, support all of us. Like honestly, just, you know, can't thank people enough for that. Cause it really does mean the world when I get those messages and, and people are like, dude, you know, we love what you do. We love what you do with podcasts. You know, we read your articles. We do this, we do that. Like, fuck dude, you're great. I mean that, that shit means a lot to me. I mean, it really does. And it's, it's not just, uh, me reading something and, and, you know, being like, Oh, that's cool. Like I really take that shit to heart. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, that's a special deal for me. And that's honestly why I keep doing what I'm doing with the podcast and with the writing is, you know, I mean, I feel like that's a, a big part of my life is kind of giving back. And, and that's what I want to do. You know, if I can help somebody out or I can motivate somebody or whatever, man, like I've done my job. That's, you know, my job's not yeah. filling tags. My job's, you know, trying to give back because I know that shit means a lot to people and it means a lot to me. So yeah, hats off to everybody that supports us and supports me and fuck. Yeah. I hope to share a beer with each and every one of you at some point. For sure. We got some big things planned for 2021. Yeah. Um, that'll all be coming down the line, but Eric, you got anything to close with? No, man. Just congratulations on the season and, uh, hope we get to drink a few beers here soon. Yeah. Pretty much the same yeah. for any, you know, congrats, Clint. You're the man. Hopefully, uh, me and Eric can get some luck off you, you and Kurt. But uh, right, cheers, brother. And my closing is like kind of falling off what you said, Clint. Like the support's been insane. Um, I can kind of see like slowly developing. We are like building the most rambunctious group of listeners and supporters in the whole hunting industry, which I oh, think absolutely. is great because. There's nowhere else for uh, people that work on job sites and say fuck and cuss and make dirty jokes yep. and are sarcastic and but are all yep. like you respect it all but you joke around and you're kidding and there's really there's not a real good solid place for people like that in this game to go um, and yep. I'm you know myself and I know everybody that's a part of this podcast is welcoming them, welcoming welcoming those people see I'm drinking too much see um, into our crew. And uh, we welcome you with open arms, even though you're kind of hard to handle. And I roll my eyes a lot, but I got to realize, like, I'm also the same way, you know, like, so it's kind of cool to have uh, us. all you wild work site, hardworking motherfuckers <laughs> part of the crew. So uh, while you're welding and yeah. cussing and spitting chew on the floor <laughs> in the shop, you know, we appreciate you tuning in. It, it does mean a lot. And uh, that's why we do it. So appreciate the support and the positive feedback. You described my job to a T. Hey, I know what it is, man. <laughs> I work in a place like that. I don't know how many times I said the F word today at work and got covered in grease and freaking gear oil and hydraulic oil and uh, high guard and definitely not. Well, I don't know what Gleaner calls our hydraulic oil, but it ain't high guard. Um, high glean. <laughs> yeah, high glean. I don't know. It, everything's <laughs> just called Gleaner fluid. Just Gleaner, <laughs> Gleaner liquid. You can, gleaner put, liquid. <laughs> you can put hydraulic fluid in the in the radiator and it'll be fine. Yeah, dude. It wouldn't start up anyway. We <laughs> got a 24 inch feeder house. Things are going great. The losses are almost zero. 24 inch feeder house. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate the fuck out of you. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.